Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. Find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is time for an early look at the week five NFL lines. And to do that is our very own Joe Pizzapia. Find him on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia. 20, no, 17. Oh, God. I thought you were so much older than you are. Um, oh, regardless. That oh. Is, oh, that is not the right foot to start we're, on today. We're recording this very early in the morning, Joe. I'm, I'm usually just waking up at this time, okay? I know you wake up at like 4 a.m. and you get ready for your day. <laughs> anyway, Joe, as you guys know, is a host of our college football uh, betting pros podcast. He hosts all the fantasy pros football podcast. He is the man. Joe, thanks for popping on the podcast this morning. I know we've just talked for about a half hour before we started recording, but publicly, how are you doing? Publicly, I'm I'm doing all right, my friend. I'm doing all right. I, I'm excited. I haven't been on this show. I was thinking to myself, what show do we produce here at Betting Pros and Fantasy Pros overall that I haven't done yet? And I haven't done this one. So I'm trying to literally click them all off, check them all off the boxes, every get my bingo card completely full so that I can go in and cash in at the end of the year. So this is another uh, a show that I can check off now. And uh, what's what's next? We have a we have a curling show, maybe. Uh, yes. Maybe bobsledding coming up here. Winter Olympics right around the corner. Something we've got like that, a lot maybe? of we've got a lot of Winter Olympics. Uh, okay, good. But if your early performance is any indication, this will be your last time here on this show. All right. So, you know what this is. We're going to take an early look at the week five lines. We're going to see if there's any value, see if there are any bets that we like. Before we get into that, some housekeeping first. Our offer from BetMGM. New customers bet five dollars to win one hundred dollars if either team scores a touchdown again. in free bets. If either team scores a touchdown, regardless of who you bet on, when you use the code JUICE100, I mention this all the time, JUICE is our daily JUICE podcast hosted by Matt Peralta. That's the code JUICE100, new customers, bet MGM. Second, we have a winner for the Tua Tonga Vailoa giveaway. It is Isaiah from Memphis, Tennessee. Congratulations if you entered our contest and you did not win Relax, you are automatically entered into this month's giveaway, and that is a signed Saquon Barkley jersey. You guys know how to do an entry at this point. All you got to do is leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or CastBox, and then go to bettingpros.com slash review. That is it. And if you want three times the entry, just subscribe here to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bettingpros. We do a lot of good stuff. I do a props video every week. We do a Sunday morning live stream, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern time with me and Matt Peral, where we go through each of the games, Matt videos, all his daily juice podcasts. There's a lot of good stuff there. Again, three times the entries. If you go to youtube.com slash betting pros, Joey P, are you ready to take a look at the week five lines? I was born ready, Harris. Let's go. This is my nightmare. Okay, let's Mm. start here with the Thursday night game. A little bit better than the Jaguars and the Bengals (laughs) here. We've got the Rams and the Seahawks in Seattle. The Seahawks are getting two on our betting pros consensus lines. And the total is 54 and a half. These totals, man, this year. Mm-hmm. It's like, I like how like 54, 55 are just like whatever. Now, I will say, Joe, just before we get into it, it's two. I don't really think it matters that much right now with the Rams laying two. But obviously, those are the consensus lines. It's as high as two and a half here over at Foxbet. It's as low as one on my home book, DraftKings. So generally speaking, Rams laying two in Seattle with a total of 54 and a half reaction. Well, first of all, we have to talk about where the Rams are. And coming off that loss this week, it's not surprising that they lost to the Cardinals. It's more surprising they lost at home, I think, if that makes any sense to you. And I think that yep. um, that means the inevitable letdown of after you face Tom Brady in a big game like that and you win that game, it's very emotional, a lot going through. And then, you know, you have the Cardinals coming in. And theoretically, you think, OK, we're going to beat them. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be fine. We're, you know, just going to roll over them. And then they beat you. 
it's a little bit of a wake up call. I think it's a in a way it's a good loss for that team if that makes sense. If there's an sure. issue, I think it's a good loss. The Rams, I think, are the most complete team in the NFL. Uh, that being said, this is another in division matchup here where they've got you know they take on Tom Brady one week right and probably the the reigning defending champs and probably the the favorites to repeat. Then you've got successive weeks two in division opponents here and now you got to go on the road to Seattle. Seattle's not nearly as tough of a place. The one thing that I do like here is the total. And it's the over on the total of 54 and a half, which I know it's it's a high number, but we're seeing an explosion of offense in the league this year. We're on pace to shatter all the records already. And it's just, it's a combination of just the rules. It's a combination of the speed of the players. Also just the openness of the game and where we're at right now. And the quarterback play is exceptional. For the most part, there's been some really great quarterback play this year in the league. Um, for me, I would stay away from the line here. I would go to the over-under, and I would hammer the over there because in a short week, too, it's really tough for defenses typically to prepare very well, even though they know these teams and all that. The Rams have here is also a unique position where they have multiple guys to throw the ball to, so it's not just a one-dimensional team where you could say, oh, you know, it's it's very easy. We could just target one of these guys, shut them down. No, it's going to be a little harder than that, so I think that wide openness of the Rams passing game, and on top of that, what you have with the Seattle Seahawks, which is you know, a good team and Russell Wilson kind of carrying them a little bit right now at home. This is a big matchup. The over is where I go right now in terms of who's going to win. This is kind of a toss up for me. If anything, I might take the money line, which is plus 118 right now on the Seahawks to win straight up. I think that's a little bit better in terms of your return on investment. Yeah, I think it's probably, a, I mean, I might have a little action on this game because it's Thursday Night Football and you probably should just one way or the another, right? But I'll probably, like you, certainly on the side, stay away from it. it. I don't have a good sense of it. Also, I don't think it matters if you bet it now or later. Like, it's not going to climb to three. There's not going to, this is a very evenly matched game in Seattle again on the short week, which again, it's very difficult for the Rams, who were just basically getting their butts kicked with their defense on the field a ton against Arizona. I think they're probably a little tired. It's tougher for defenses to bounce back on the short week here. So it's probably something where I'd stay away. I guess I'd lean over, but man, I am tired. I am tired of these totals like at the 55. And again, we saw Joe, right? We had prime time overs were just nonstop hitting. And then this week, it was all of the primetime games came under their totals. So I wonder whether or not the books are just basically still they're juicing them up so high right now. Well, that, you know, in one of those, you know, the, the torrential downpour of rain in New true. England really changed the dynamic of that total. Like, you know, as soon as you saw did, that Joe, weather, you should have hammered the under there just because well, it's, it's I, tougher. I agree, but I also think really it might have been more of Gronkowski out because I think like that changed the dynamic of their blocking just generally. I mean, Brady was getting a little bit of rest, but it's fair. The rain It's Gronk being out to a certain extent that also it's the game plan that Belichick wanted to play, which is slug it out, bring them down to your level kind of stuff. And that's what he does with all the great quarterbacks, you know, in, in those kind of games where every play is a high powered offense. You know, if you go back to the AFC championship game a couple of years ago, right with Mahomes, where they shut him out. They brought it down to a grinding kind of game. Now, they only yep. got away with it for half of football. They got away with it for an entire game this past week with Brady and the Bucks. So that's yep. again, again, that's that's the game plan. That's what he wants to do. He wants you to get you in the mud. He wants you to keep changing looks every two seconds and having to adapt to what he's doing and staying ahead of you. Whereas no most coaches don't make adjustments as quickly as Belichick does and as well in the second half, too. So no matter what they were throwing in the first half, you know they were going to have more things to throw at him in the second half. So the under in that game does not surprise me whatsoever. All right. Jets are technically visiting the Falcons, but they're in London in this one early in the morning mm. on Sunday. Uh, the Falcons, the consensus line is laying three and a half. The total is 46. What do you think, Joey? I think I want to apologize 
to Great Britain for sending them this game. <laughs> Are you kidding, man? This is football. Here you go, everybody. Here you go. Here's the best we can offer you. I mean, come on, man. What, they what, love what? it over there. You ever I know the game do. over there, Joe? Oh, hey, we had Murph on the show a couple weeks back, right? I mean, it is huge there. They I went to a Jets, a Jets-Dolphins game several years ago, and uh, that place goes insane oh, for yeah? any football, regardless of the level of play. So don't apologize. Let them enjoy it, and let them watch the Jets cover the three-and-a-half spread, right? Oh, God, I hate this game. It's gross. I'd run Come away. on, man. I don't like when I don't have a beat on either of these teams, and neither of them are good football teams. I don't care if the Jets came away with a victory, it's also the travel. You don't know how teams are going to react. Very to true. me, this game, most London games are a bad investment. This one in particular is awful because you have two bad teams and you don't know how bad it's going to be. If anything, maybe you can look towards the under if you thought the defenses were any good, but I don't think the defenses are any good. So this is a complete stay away from me. I want nothing to do with this game for a myriad of reasons. Yeah, I'm not going near the total because I think it's very difficult. Like you said, with the huge travel like this, to understand how teams are going to react. But I am telling you right now that I do not think that the Falcons should be more than a field goal favorite over anyone at this point in the season. And again, you you saw the Jets, okay? And you know I'm not a homer, like, obviously, and stuff like that. But we saw the Jets. Pat and I talked about it last week, by the way. We liked the Jets certainly getting the seven, and we kind of liked them on the money line because we thought this was a possibility when you play a less than above average defense as the Jets had played every single week. Their offensive line is terrible. Their defense has no personnel, but the scheme works okay. They're getting healthier there. It's possible Elijah Moore plays. I'll take the Jets here, man. And I don't think you need to run. I don't think it's going to get to a field goal or anything like that. I mean, DraftKings is at four and a half, actually. But I think you can bet it now. You can wait if you want. But I will take the Jets if you're giving me the hook, just because, honestly... I don't think the Falcons should be more than a three-point favorite over anyone right now. I like having Crowder back in that offense. I think that's a really good safety net for a young quarterback. That was the only guy that Sam Darnold could throw the ball to for the first year or so of his Jets career. So I think this is that's a good thing there and a confidence builder for a win. Only the Jets winning a football game would want to throw Gatorade on their coach. Only the Jets would want to do that. But you're nuts if you make an investment in this game. I'm sorry. There's so many. This is four outcomes written all over it. I'm taking the I'm taking the hook, man. Yeah, call me crazy. I'm fine to do it. Let's go with the crazy. Saints visiting. Crazy. That's fine. I've been called worse. Saints visiting Washington. The uh, Saints are laying one and a half points here. The total is 44 and a half. What do you think, Joe? This is a fascinating one. This almost feels like too easy to me. Um, you know, the Washington football team, for all their struggles on defense this year, offensively have been okay. And they yep. get Curtis Samuel back in. Taylor Heineke, you know, in terms of fantasy points, he's put up you know, QB one three weeks in a row here. So, I mean, nobody seems to care or notice that except me. And I keep bringing this up and that's why he was our lock of the week play on the DFS show along with McLaurin. That was the pairing. And if you played that, you did pretty well. But the point here is I think with the the Saints inefficiencies on offense, with them traveling here on the road, coming off a bad loss at home, you know, going into overtime in that game, I like Washington here on this side. Um, I think I would definitely take the Washington side. This should be a relatively close game, theoretically, but the whole going back and forth, the quarterback thing, to me, that always just takes offenses out of a rhythm. I'm sorry. It just, it's very difficult to operate that way. Um, I would stay away from the total. I would just go right to the Washington side with the one and a half, which is what I'm seeing over on FanDuel. Um, I would even take them outright as plus 112. I actually think that's a pretty good uh, number you're getting on them as well. I think Washington 
A little bit of confidence builder for them last week. That was a big road win, despite the fact the Falcons aren't any good. Yep. Still, road wins are tough. And I think you get back home a little bit. You build some momentum off of that. Off a of New Orleans Saints team that, to me, has all kinds of issues. And Callaway is probably going to be out for this game, too, possibly. So I think you're in a spot here where New Orleans offensively is just kind of banged up, beaten up, not very good. The defense is good, but not great. I don't know, man. I think this is a dangerous game here for the Saints. I'd take the Washington side. I'm staying away from it. I I think your points are valid. This just strikes me as sort of the classic, right? I, I feel like, I mean, it, it's simplistic to sort of describe it this way, but there's like a very clear sort of buy low, sell high. Washington comes off that big win. Saints come off a really bad loss. Like you could see the Saints coming out here and just winning this game. And again, that what, what, if you bet it now, if you bet it later, if you like a side, don't you don't have to rush. It's minus one and a half, as Joe mentioned, at FanDuel. At, that's our consensus line. It's pretty much unanimously uh, the Saints laying one and a half. I don't, I don't have a good feel for it. I'm not going near the total with you. I agree completely. But it's something where I'm staying away. I feel a little less confident here. I think the wrong team is favored in this game, straight up. I, I actually think Whenever you that think that's that, fair. that's yeah. where you go bet. Like, if you look at, like, what I like to do, and this is an exercise I learned from my good friend, Benny Yurchardi, over the years. Yep. You do the lines yourself yes. before you go look at the lines. Correct. And I would have had Washington favored by three in this game. And oh, they're so, okay. plus one and a half right now. All right. So I would have had Washington basically favored by a point. Like, so to me, when you, you know, that's not a big deal. Like one and a half, one way, one the other way, not a big deal. So if you had it at three, then you're mm-hmm. definitely taking definitely. Washington in this game. Yeah. For me, I don't know. I, I find them a little more evenly matched. Not like they do get Curtis Samuel back, but they're going to be down Logan Thomas. And, you know, I, it's just something where I don't, I don't have a beat on the Saints team yet, Joe. That's really the issue for me. Like that's fair. they're, they're not impressive offensively. They are, generally speaking, pretty impressive defensively when they're healthy and everything like that. It's just, I don't know, it's a stay away from me. But this one is interesting to me, Joe. The Packers are visiting the Bengals. The Packers are laying three and a half points. The total is 49 and a half. What do you think here? (laughs) Well, I I think if you don't get T. Higgins back in this game, this is going to be a tough one here. Joe Mixon's banged up. He is expected to play, though, Joe. The early early word, right? Early word. Yep. Early words he expected to play, and I would expect he is going to play and does play. But at the same time, if you don't have Higgins on that field too, then that means Alexander is going to be on chase. And we all know how that goes. If he takes out chase, then all of a sudden you're going to have to find other pieces. And if Mixon's not 100%, I don't know what those other pieces are. I don't think Tyler Boyd is enough here even at home to beat the Packers. So Packers by three and a half to me. Actually, I would take the three and a half on the Packers side of this one. I actually think they win this one by a touchdown. Uh, and I think they win it pretty handily. And I want to give the Bengals some respect, too, because defensively, they played much better in the second half last year. They were a doormat. Everybody made fun of them in the first half. And then they kind of flipped the switch. They don't have a ton of talent necessarily, yep. but they play hard and they and they play smart. And it kind of dates back also to that game they had last year against Pittsburgh, if you recall that. Remember that primetime game where mm-hmm. they embarrassed the Steelers, right? And, that, and ever since then, in the offseason, they made some moves as well. We actually highlighted them on the IDP show earlier this week. Bogman and I, we talked at length about the Bengals defense. They are better, which means that I I still feel like the under is a little bit more possible for this game. I would lean towards the under because I I don't think the Packers are going to explode necessarily offensively, but I do think they're going to control this game from start to finish. And I do think they're going to win it comfortably. So for me, I think it's the three and a half side on the Packers, but I would shy the under here just a tad, just because I don't think Cincinnati can keep pace. And I also don't think the way the Cincinnati Bengals defenses play that they're going to let it get completely out of control. Yeah, I don't have a great sense of it either, really, with this game. I, I lean towards the Packers, even 
with the hook. It's weird. That, I mean, the Bengals are off kind of the mini buy. It's possible Mixon plays. He's going to be day-to-day until the mm-hmm. end, and then he's going to be out for six weeks like we were last year. But regardless, <laughs> that no, that certainly hurts him, but I expect Higgins to play. I don't know if Jair Alexander is going to be able to play in this one because he's got the AC joint you know, injury thing. So maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. There's some unknowns here, um, and especially, again, given the fact that they're off the mini-buy. I lean Packers. I think you're probably going to see this basically stay where it is. I don't think it gets to three, although, admittedly, I do see a three out there at Fox Bet. But I think for the most part, books are a three and a half. I think that's the right line. I think it's going to stay there. Did you say you lean the under, Joe, if you went one way or the other? I do. I, this feels like, I. A, this yep. feels like a 24-13 kind of game to me. Yeah, and the Packers' him. offense is not like it. You know, Devontae Adams is incredible. Aaron Jones is amazing. Aaron Rodgers is amazing, but it's not. It doesn't have that explosive feel right now. And again, you mentioned no. the Bengals' defense; it's playing much better than I expected. They're really. making plays. They're they're yeah. coached well. They're in a good spot here. Yeah, uh, Bell's played very well. A couple of the other guys on defense have really kind of stepped up a little bit. Again, they don't have. You know, they don't have the Miles Garrett. They don't have the Aaron Donald. Yeah. They don't have that kind of push you get up front necessarily. But what yep. they've done is they've they've remade the secondary a little bit and they've bulked up in the linebacker core and they're playing they're playing efficient defense and they're yep. not letting teams kind of explode on them anymore the way that they did in the first half last year, which is good progress. But at the same point, it's I thought Burrow played very well, but you're yes. you're talking about taking that game, that performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You can't translate that to a Packers team that's just infinitely more talented. Yeah. This one's fascinating, Joe, this game, because we have a lot of question marks. I've also made a lot of uh, money here uh, taking the unders on the Broncos game of Mm -hmm. late. This is the Broncos are visiting Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. The uh, Steelers are laying one and a half, and they are saying, go ahead and take the over. We don't care. It's 40, 40 even for the total. What do you think? Now, again, hold on. Let's let's talk about the uncertainty, obviously. Teddy Bridgewater is in the concussion protocol as we speak. He is uncertain for this game. There is a large difference for me whether or not it's Teddy Bridgewater versus Drew Locke. But what do you think right now where we are? I don't think that matters all that much. Uh, you don't. I, I could not believe that they lost two straight games at home. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to lose three straight games in Pittsburgh. Man, that's tough. I mean, I know New England just did it. <laughs> they lost three straight home games. Hey, man, if you don't have the personnel, you don't have the personnel. I know, but also typically, you know, certain buildings, certain environments are tougher to play than others. We know that. We just It's just historically true. Um, but the Steelers have all kinds of issues right now. The Denver Broncos, I know with the uncertainty of quarterback, once again, this is a very tricky game. This feels like a trap game to me that typically I would stay away from, but the total of the 40, I mean, it's just kind of begging for the over 40 and a half is just, I mean, in this day and age of the NFL, if you can't get to 40 and a half between the two of you, and look, this could very well be, you know, <laughs> what, like right on that 17, 13 kind of line, right? Right. Yeah. You know, like, like they have been throughout the whole, right? right. They, that's where they've been living right now. Their defense is very, very good. Their offense is unexplosive. And the Steelers have no offense to speak of. I mean, whether or not Chase Claypool pops up here, uh, it doesn't matter. Their offensive line is absolutely abysmal. Their defense is solid now that they've got Watt back. I mean, I'm not betting the under Joe because it's 40. Like that is just a number that realistically. It's, it's not a good. You got you have to lean towards the over. But I would say this, Dan, the minus one and a half here on the Pittsburgh side. I yep. think you also have to keep in mind that even though Pittsburgh has struggled, they did beat Buffalo. And even though Denver has a three and one record, they beat up on bad teams. So the minute they got a taste of a good team here in their own building, no less, Baltimore straight up embarrassed them in that game. Right. So. Yep. I'm I I think this is that perfect thing where people might think Denver's a little bit better than they are, 
I would lean towards the minus one and a half here on the Pittsburgh side of this game. Uh, and it's look there minus one twenty two here on the money line for Pittsburgh tells you that there's some confidence there that the Steelers are going to win this football game. This is a game where people get caught up on record instead of mm-hmm. the strength of opponent. And I think the Steelers have, you know, played some good teams. I think Las Vegas is a good team. You know, they they they, they battle. They are they're not the as wishy-washy, I think, as they were in the past, despite the fact that they're coming off a Monday night loss. I think when you look back now and get a little bit more perspective on these first four weeks, Pittsburgh's had the tougher schedule and they have the worst record. But I'm not going to get hung up on Denver's good record either. I don't think Denver is as good of a football team as their record says they are. So I would take the Pittsburgh side of this game at minus one and a half. So for me, I don't care the fact that the Broncos are three and one or that the Steelers are one and three. I mean, I agree that the Broncos have benefited from the lack of quality opponents that they have played in the first three weeks. But I do think that their defense is legitimate. I I do think, to be you know quite honest, I really think that the loss of KJ Hamler is a huge loss for the Broncos, just because again, already down Jerry Judy, it it doesn't the field's not open now at this point, right? I mean, Hamler wasn't that involved, but he at least stretched the field made the you know safeties and the cornerbacks have to think about that, open up intermediate routes here for Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. That's gone. The Steelers are, as you mentioned, desperate. But I, I have no faith in the Steelers right now, Joe. I mean, you watch that offense. That offensive line is terrible. I actually, I don't often, as I've said, I don't often feel bad for football players. I feel bad for Ben because Ben is honestly like, oh God, I'm going to die. I've got to just find a way to survive long enough to dump it off four yards down the field. So I, I'm concerned about their offense. With that said, Joe, I, I number one, especially with the uncertainty around uh, Locke versus Bridgewater, which I do think is a big deal, by the way. I have zero faith in Drew Locke being able to win a game going into Pittsburgh. I have more faith in Teddy Covers, uh, you know, being able to do it. But for me, I, I'm very uncertain here right now. And I do think that the Steelers find a way to win this game and don't end their season, which they probably will if they lose this game at one and four. Like, it's very difficult to come back from that. So I am with you, actually, with the uncertainty. Even if Bridgewater plays, I do think this is a game that the Broncos traveling after a home game are not going to be able to pull out against the Steelers. So I think, again, their defense is just going to bring Pittsburgh it. Pittsburgh so, wins this game on defense. I, don't think, I think you're correct. I, I think, think that's, that's correct. You know, Watt being back and playing. And one of those losses, Watt was not in that game either. Yes. You know, that's another, that's another huge loss. I mean, he really yeah. changes completely how you have to approach the Pittsburgh Steelers on the defensive side of the football. And so I do think that the game, it's a big this, difference. This is a game you got to bet now, I think, because yes. I don't think, right. Because if it's, if this Bridgewater's will be two and out, a half at least by the time we get it to might today. get, it might get to three, honestly, because mm-hmm. I think that once that happens, Drew, uh, to me, lock the downgrade from Bridgewater to lock is enormous. So to me, I'm, I'm betting it now because I want to lock it in. Cause I do think that the Steelers, Get out of here. Let's go to the uh, Dolphins visiting the Bucks Florida game here. The Bucks right now are laying 10 and a half. The total is 48. What do you think? Uh, you know, it should be an absolute cakewalk. I mean, it just, it absolutely should. Uh, I see on FanDuel, it's 47 and a half. You said it's 48 in another spot there. Correct. It's 48 is our consensus lines. It's basically bouncing yeah. back and forth between yeah. 48. Yeah. There. You know, like Tampa should absolutely smash the Dolphins. I mean, they really should theoretically. Yeah. I wonder what the <laughs> it's only going to react two ways, right? After a very emotional week leading up for Brady, there's a lot of stuff going on there, right? Yeah, and it's finally all over. So either they bounce back and everything is just great, and they're like, oh, finally that's over. We're done with that. We can move on. We got the big win in New England, and then we're back to being you know the Bruce Arians fun loving Buccaneers, 
or it took so much out of them that there's a little bit of hangover in the beginning of this game. And if there is, that's where some of these large numbers kind of come into play. Uh, the Dolphins right now, last week, had all kinds of problems. They're not going to have Wolf Fullers. That's one less weapon to have. Correct. They could not run the football at all last week. That is going to be exasperated in the worst way this week. So that is not a good situation. I think right now, you know, the over-under is not something I would play around with because I think there's variables in that depending on how much the Miami offense does or does not show up. So I don't want to put anything into Miami because whenever you talk about totals, you have to talk about both teams in your head for the most part. And I'm concerned of Miami doing their part to hit this number. Therefore, I think the the safest thing here to look at, even though it's 10 and a half, I just think the Bucs are going to be up by a lot in this game. I could worry about garbage time a little bit, but again, when you don't have that field stretcher guy like Will Fuller, it makes it a little bit harder to kind of catch up. And you can't run the football. You become one-dimensional. The the one thing that gives me pause, Dan, is they've had all those injuries in the secondary, right, for the Bucs. So can Devontae Parker, can Waddle, can they do enough right. to kind of keep pace at the end a little bit or throw on some garbage time and all of a sudden maybe cut, you know, a 14-point lead to 10? Yeah, maybe right. they can. It's possible. But at the same time, I don't know, man. I think it's the Bucks and the 10.5, even though it's a big number. But I would stay away from the over-under because the over-under to me – there's that variable where this is another, the Dolphins could get shut out again. It's not yeah. out of the realm of possibility. It's not a. I, the best part is that teams don't even try to run right now in the box, right? Like other than Sony Michelle with the Rams, where they that was a game where they were just like, we can just run it because we're going to win this game. Where he had 20 carries, teams just basically go into it. You saw the Patriots are like, oh, mm-hmm. we're not we're not going to try to run. Like we know we can't run. We're just going to pass, and that's fine. And look, you saw the Patriots have some success even with the driving rain. In that game, Mac Jones played very well, even without really having the field stretcher, the going, you know, the taking shots. It was a lot of short passes, but it worked out for them. But I do think that, yeah, Miami, even if they abandon the run without Will Fuller, without that. And Fuller hasn't, you know, he's barely been playing this year. No, but it's just the theory, Dan. Right. You have that guy who can get behind a secondary and they don't write. I don't know if Devontae Parker is really that guy at this stage. He's not. But Parker's look. It's it's just a matter of of looking at Miami Dolphins realistically here, and as good as they were last year, I feel like there's part of us that are still kind of carrying that torch a little bit. But if you really hyper focus on, on what they've done so far this year, it's not been good. It's yep. really been negative for the most part, outside of like glimpses here and there. And you can blame it on Tua being hurt. That's far. That's fair. That's fine if you want to. But it wasn't all roses when Tua was healthy either. Right. I think I think right now people are still kind of thinking of the Dolphins and how you know they competed and they just missed the playoffs and what they were last year. Whereas this year, I think they've actually taken a step back, believe it or not, even yeah. though the personnel's been better. Yeah. And again, they're, I, I don't really, I, bottom line is this, I'm staying away from this game because I do think that mm-hmm. the potential for a backdoor cover is right there. And again, I, I, I do think that in addition to the weather, in addition to the Patriots, I do think the loss of Gronkowski, and I'm not expecting him to play in this game based on everything we've heard, is the fact that he is such a good blocker that the fact that he's not there, I think, really opens up sort of pressure to get on Brady, which I, I think could affect the I can understand that. I can understand but, that. I will say this, though. Having those three wide receivers, the Dolphins don't have the juice to stop all correct. three of those guys. That is and, true. And even in that rain, you know, in that game on Sunday night, had A.B. come down with that incredible throw in the end zone, yeah. like, we're probably looking at it different. Like, that's the thing. In a perfect scenario, yeah. right, where schemes aren't as good. Uh, but the talent on the field is uh, those plays get made by Antonio Brown, by yeah. Mike Evans. And I, I think 
those guys are going to eat and it's going to be a lot too much for the Dolphins. That is fair. I certainly expect them to win, but I'm I'm going to stay away from the uh, the potential for a backdoor cover. And Leonard what about- Fournette. Using Leonard Fournette, I think in that game, I think yep. you're going to see a little bit more of that going forward. I think I think the Bucks are starting to figure out what I think the Chiefs are figuring out too, which is we got to have some kind of balance here. We, mm-hmm. got, we have to change. We can't just be, you know, throwing the ball 60 times a game. We can't do that anymore. Yeah. How about the Titans are now visiting the Jaguars? The Titans <laughs> oh, are laying man. four. The total is 48 and a half. Can the Titans lose to the two worst teams in football in back-to-back weeks? No, because the only team that's, you know, really even more just a hot mess right now than the Titans might be the Jaguars and probably the Houston Texans, right? So, Oh, the Texans, yeah. You know, great. I would have said the same thing with the Jets, but – you know, I think everybody kind of forgets that when you take away not one but two big targets like that in one game, it is really tough to go on the road and win. Uh, I think some of this side stuff this week with Urban Meyer is going to be a huge distraction to a team that is not a veteran team that's not going to be able to put it aside. This is a bad situation here for the Jaguars. Um, I don't, that being said, this is not a game I feel comfortable investing in at all. Um, not in the over, not in the under, and not in the number. I just don't. Um, because the health of the Tennessee Titans, their lack of defense coming off a terrible loss last week, there just seemed to be a team. I think that from a confidence standpoint is reeling a little bit. They had expectations. They added Julio Jones. This was going to be a team that was really going to start to click up into that elite notch, right? Back-to-back years in the playoffs. This is our year where all their chips in and it's gone the opposite direction, partially because of play, but partially because of the injuries. That being said, I still think they win this football game. So does Vegas too, because they're minus 200 on the money line. But at the same time, man, I don't know how you feel comfortable with a four or any number here. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just not a comfortable situation here with the Titans right now, especially on the road. If this was in Tennessee, I'd feel more comfortable, but not on the road. I, I struggle here back-to-back road games with them. If both Julio Jones and AJ Brown were playing, would you take the four? Yeah, absolutely. If one of Julio Jones and AJ Brown were playing? Probably. Yeah. And I expect, like you... Neither one of them is going to play in this because game. I feel like they can get away with it. And they, you know, last yeah. week they had to get away with it. This week, you, yeah, you're sort of rolling the dice and gambling yeah. what you can. But I yeah. think that they will take that gamble. I mean, I lean, I lean Tennessee. That uh, like, tells you everything you need to know. It about does. This game. It does. Your your sighing and harumphing tells you why this game is a bad investment. So just it is. trust you're your right. instinct. No, you're right. You're right. Um, I can't take the Jaguars uh, just because I can never take the Jaguars. Because again, regardless of how I might handicap it or how I might look at it, Urban Meyer is like breaks all models that you could do because he's such a distraction. He's in over his head so much that I just think you can never back them. At the same time, look, we I probably watched that game a little closer than most people just because it was the Jets. And the Titans just, they've got Derrick Henry and they really have nothing else to rely on when those two receivers are out, assuming they're out again. If I had to pick a side, I guess I would go with the Titans, but I, I don't want to. So I am staying away. You're right. Also with the total, because again, I, you know, I imagine that the Titans will try to, you know, run Derrick Henry as much as possible. And that usually they can, but, itself- but look, Trevor Lawrence can make yeah, plays and that's better. the thing you can't, you, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to get better as the season goes on yep. and his ability to make plays should worry you. I think yep. about this total. Yeah. How about uh, the Eagles are visiting the Panthers? The Panthers are laying four total 44 and a half. Uh, the Eagles. No, oh, who are the Eagles? That This is a, this is a tricky one here. I will say this. We, we talked at length this week about, you know, the, the test of the Panthers defense coming up against 
um, a really good Cowboys team this week offensively. And, you know, and we got checked a little bit here. That being said, Panthers, I think, get back to business at home. Uh, I like the Panthers in this game. I like them on the three and a half. I just don't like the Eagles game plans. I just don't like the Eagles. Um, the Eagles deficits didn't just vanish with Carson Wentz. They still have offensive line problems. You knew that was going to be going in. They still are finding their identity on offense. It's nice to see like a Kenneth Gainwell starting to get some more play in this offense mm-hmm. like he did in week one. I think they're a better team when they do that. When they get Kenneth Gainwell involved, the problem is sometimes they wait too long. Um, their inability to run the football is a problem. I think Arnold's just playing really good football right now. Uh, so I would just go right with the three and a half here. Keep it simple with the Panthers. I do think they win this game. I think defensively they bounce back after a rough week last week. Jalen Hurts, not nearly the same kind of competition as Dak Prescott in terms of playing quarterback. So I'll go with the Panthers in this one at home with a three and a half. Yeah, I think I might have a blind spot, Joe, with the Eagles. I I really do. And maybe it stems from the fact that we obviously do fantasy and I had projections for what I saw for the Eagles offense. And then that week one game, it sort of all came to fruition against an admittedly very weak Atlanta team. And I feel like I still cling to that. Again, I one of my picks for one of my best bets was a couple of weeks ago was the Eagles on Monday Night Football going to mm-hmm. uh, the Cowboys. And I thought they played better, you know, even though they obviously had some unexpected offensive line issues coming into the week. I I actually I I lean a little bit towards the Eagles in this game. I, it's not a game that I want to bet necessarily just because, again, I think without Chris McCaffrey, I think that offense and I expect them to be out in this game as well. Again, nothing confirmed yet, but I expect them to be out. I think that offense really misses him, even though they were able to, you know, sort of hang with Dallas. I mean, it it took a while, but I think their defense, again, without J.C. Horn, I think that really affects them. To me, actually, Joe, I do kind of lean me over in this game here because I do think that at the very least, you saw an admittedly weak defense here uh, against Kansas City. But I think even if the Panthers sort of are able to put up points, which I think you have to expect at this point because the offense is is working right now, at the very least, if they get blown out, the Eagles, they're going to be able to put up points sort of at the end of the game. You saw that against the Cowboys just because you know, Jalen Hurts can run around like a chicken with his head cut off at this point. And they can, again, they can they can move the ball when they absolutely need to. So at 44 and a half, that strikes me as something where, you know, I could see this being a, you know, 27, well, 24. Game. Yeah, <laughs> even. It, something yeah, like that. I get you that number pretty easily. So uh, to me, I go yeah. over here. I, I'd like to take that. The spread is something where I lean the Eagles, but it's also something where I'd probably stay away from. Uh, the Patriots are visiting the Texans. The total is, well, for, we'll get to that in a second. The uh, Patriots are laying nine points and the total is 39 uh, right here or 39 and a half, actually. What do you think, Joe? Uh, I, I think the Patriots win this football game. Uh, Vegas does too. They're sure. very confident the Patriots win this football game. How they win this football game, I don't – I'm hoping that, you know, and I think it should. I think there should be a lot of confidence for Mac Jones in that loss. We talk about sometimes oh, sure. taking losses as actual moments where a, a loss in a certain way with a certain performance kind of tells you a lot about the player. And I think we learned a lot about Mac Jones in terms of where he's at in his development. I think they should be more aggressive down the field. And what's ironic to me – the same thing that plagues Mac Jones and the Patriots offense is the same thing that plagues Tom Brady in that offense before he left. The lack of playmakers, the lack of that alpha wide receiver kind of guy that you can rely on in those big spots. Not having that guy that the other defense has to account for is what makes the Patriots offense so middling at times. Now, that being said, the Patriots defense is playing very well right now. 
Um, so I think Houston's in for, this is going to be a rough <laughs> stretch here. Houston had to play Buffalo in Buffalo last week. Now they have to play the Patriots. I mean, Patriots win this football game. I am not comfortable with the nine. And I'm, I mean, 39 and a half sounds like a joke like where you got to just go over. You would think so, but right. I got to tell you, this feels like a huge trap. This whole game for me is a giant stay away, unless you're going to put the Patriots in a parlay where you're going to take like an easy Patriot win, an easy win somewhere else, and then take an upset and put three things together and maybe make yeah. some money that way. That's the only way I'm getting involved in this one. I think I'm willing to lay the nine. I'm not like to me, I think the it's Texans, a lot for a lack of juggernaut offense. The it Patriots is a lot. Not. It is a lot. Uh, I fail to see how the Texans can stop anybody right now. That's I fair. think that if they, if the Patriots want, they can run Damian Harris 35 times. And they can put up 28 points that way. Like, I realistically, I think that. But, yeah, Mac Jones was impressive. You do have, I think, the potential for a letdown game here, right, Joe? Like, sure. Because even though they lost, they played their butts off in that game. Really You know, impressive. I think it's more potential for a letdown for the Bucs than for the Patriots. I think I th- that's also true. I yes. think the Patriots actually left that game going, we were this close. We were but this close to the defending champs. At the same time, though, you yeah. put in that much of an effort into what is an emotional sure. game and you come that close. Even a loss is still a letdown game. But certainly for the Bucks, for sure, you can have that possibility. But it's possible for the Patriots. But either way, man, first of all, a total with the Texans, I, I don't care what it is. Like, I'm staying away from it just mm-hmm. because, again, they could very easily get shut out at any given point. But the bottom line is, I think that the Patriots defense is legitimate. I've thought this for a while. So they could potentially pitch a shutout here, you know, like, well, in this I think game. a turnover on defense or a pick six, that's is where you hit the number. I, I'm not game. worried about a backdoor cover here. Cause I don't trust the Texans to be able to move the ball enough to score, to get that backdoor cover. So if it's under 10, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm fine taking this game. I realize it sounds ludicrous because it's the Patriots laying nine points, which really, you know, they, they don't have the horses to, to they don't, beat. they don't have the horses for that. Race. But I don't care, man. But the defense care. does. And and, the if, and if does. you anticipate yep. them getting, and if you believe that yep. they score on defense in this game, which is very, very possible, then the nine is very comfortable when yeah. it starts. To, I'm it, taking this the could nine. probably be 11 by the, by the time. I'm, t- and I'm taking it now. That's correct. That's a good point, Joe. That's just part of what we do. We're looking, I'm taking it now. Like I'm, I'm taking it now. I'm not waiting for anybody <laughs> to sort of see where it goes. Uh, I'm, I'm taking it now before it moves. Let's get to our next game here, Joe. We can talk about the Lions are visiting the Vikings. Vikings are seven and a half point favorites here, and the total is forty nine and a half. Ah, uh, the Vikings, another tough one here. Uh, it's funny because you know you and I always talked about the baseball for outcome games this past yes. week. Uh, when I had Chris Meany on the show for DFS, we ran away from this game that between the, the <laughs> Cleveland Browns and the Vikings last week because we said this is four outcomes written all over it. This could be a blowout on either side or a disgusting like, you know, 16, 13 kind of slugfest or whatever. And it was probably closer to that. We're <laughs> all said and done. Yeah. Um, the Vikings at home, they they desperately need a W here in the worst way. Yep. Sometimes it's just as simple as looking for the team that needs the W. That being said, what gives me pause is Detroit doesn't quit. Um, Correct. In the past, we've seen Detroit quit a lot. I think Minnesota wins this football game, but I would like the Detroit side of the plus seven and a half. I think that's a big number right now. I think that's a number that's going to shrink to seven or even six and a half by the time we get closer, potentially, too. Um, I just feel like the Lions, whether, you know, they can't stack up talent-wise to most teams, but yep. the effort level is undeniable when you watch them play. They spread the ball around a little bit. You know, Khalif Raymond's played well. Quintus Cephas has played well. Amon Ross St. Brown had a very good game. Yep. You know, they're, they're starting to kind of figure it out a little bit offensively. Um, disappointing game for them, no doubt. They're going to have a lot of disappointments. 
But seven and a half is a very big number for uh, a Minnesota Vikings defense that ever since the preseason really hasn't blown the doors off anybody and, and shown you that they are getting back to what they were a couple years ago. So I would take the Lions in the seven and a half in this one. I, I, I still think Minnesota wins this football game, but I think seven and a half is too much. If forced to pick a side, uh, I would take the Lions with the hook because mm-hmm. I just think that it has backdoor cover written all over it. But yeah, it's just a stay away from me, man. Like, because realistically, the Vikings should be able to win this game pretty handily. But like you mentioned, and there's something to be said, the Lions don't quit ever. And so, I, you know, kudos to Dan Campbell, who we all made fun of a lot. Uh, but it's just a stay away from me, a divisional game uh, where the Vikings are desperate, but the Lions don't quit. Totals, total stay away from me. Not a game I want to touch, nor is this one, Joe. The Bears are visiting the Raiders. It's a dead number where the Raiders are laying five and a half. The total is 45 and a half. You obviously have the Raiders coming off the short week. Dave Montgomery is going to be out for four to six weeks. That just came across the wire as we were recording this. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously not going to play in this game. We don't know who the quarterback is going to be in this game for the Bears. So this is not something where I want to lock in value right now. I don't think Vegas knows what to do with this. I don't know what to do with this. It's a complete stay away from me. What do you think? Run away. Right. Run away. Four yep. outcomes written all over this bad boy. Too many variables. Variables do not make for a good investment. Yep. You've got lots of other games. Let this one go away. I agree. Let's just move on. Browns visiting the Chargers. The Chargers are uh, the Browns. I'm sorry, are laying one point, although it's back and forth here between, uh, you know, not that it really matters. But in some books, the Chargers are laying a point in other books. The Browns are laying a point right now. Our consensus line is the Browns laying a point and the total is forty nine and a half. What do you think? I'm going to lean towards the Chargers here. I like what I've seen out of Herbert this year. And uh, look, the Browns are a very good football team. But, you know, this is back-to-back road games for them. That's a little tough. Um, I think that the the way Justin Herbert's played this year has been super impressive. The defense has played well. It was a big game for them, big victory. Um, this is going to be a close one, and Vegas is telling you it's going to be a close one. I'm going to lean towards the Chargers here. Uh, once again, this is one where you can put it, I'd rather take the Chargers on the money line, just not even worry about the points, or the points are small anyway. Um, but... If you want to do either one and put it in with something else, I don't think you just bet this standing alone because it yeah. just doesn't have enough value. So what you want to do is you want to put this. If you feel good about the Chargers, you take the the one if you're getting it or whatever you're getting right now on FanDuel, you're getting plus one. I would take the plus one there at the minus 115 and I would put that in with something else here and then just continue to build from there into like a couple games together. But I don't know, Dan. I mean, I, I'm very impressed with the Browns, but I think it's asking a lot of them to continue to be the road warriors here, you know, going to Minnesota one week and then having to turn right back around and then going to LA the next. I think that's a lot. Yeah, I was really impressed with the Chargers. And I think that like this is the Chargers, Joe, that I felt like every preseason (laughs) coming in every year, we were like, you know, Chargers could do this. Chargers could be really good. They have a very solid defense. The offensive line is good. They've got a lot of pieces. And it's like the the optimal point of where they are. They're well coached now. So I, if I lean one way, it's basically a pick em essentially at this point. I would lean the Chargers. But really, Joe, actually the way I lean is the under here. I, it's 49 and a half. The Browns defense is so good. Like I know last week was a big disappointment from a fantasy perspective, whatever, from Kirk Cousins. I actually thought that the Vikings would pull that game out. They were getting, I don't know, two points, I think, two and a half points. I thought the Vikings might be able to pull that game out. But for me, I think their defense is so solid that even an explosive offense like the Chargers, I think they're going to be able to hang with them. And conversely, not only is the Chargers defense very good, but 
the Browns offensively look a little kind of like we have the run game. That is what is going to work. Maybe it was just last week. That's the worst game I've ever seen Baker Mayfield play in my life. Like he was but just, and this is Baker. Baker is forever inconsistent. And which yeah. is why I, you're going to laugh when I say this, because you're going to say, that's just Joe saying Chubb's not getting, Chubb's not getting enough work. Like Chubb I'm, should be touching the football more. I think they got into two weeks ago, got into that little groove there with Kareem Hunt. And they started to love Kareem Hunt because that was a perfect matchup for Kareem Hunt against yeah. that defense. They should have gotten away from it in this game. They should have been feeding the ball to Nick Chubb more. I think if they feed the ball more to Nick Chubb, they have a real chance to win this football game in this one because Herbert's just playing really good football right now. I, I don't know if they're going to do that. I think they're I think they're forgetting what made them so successful last year, which is running that play action off of Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb. And if Nick Chubb is only getting 15 carries instead of 22 carries, it's a big difference. The defense doesn't commit as much. Yeah. So if you are, uh, if you don't follow us at Fantasy Pros, you should be aware that Joe is Nick Chubb's biggest fan. And Joe, if Joe were the, if Joe was the Browns coach, Nick Chubb would get 40 carries a week. Just so you know, it would be that. And then like one play action pass. like Chubb club. Chubb Club, that is Joe. Uh, I also think, by the way, that the loss of Jarvis Landry, who, you know, is going to be out again this week, is a big deal. That's sort of a safety blanket there. You're right. For, the possession for guy's Baker. not there. Yeah. So to me, I lean the under, man. I get that. You know, I think two really good defenses. I could see that Chargers being a little sluggish on the short week. I don't think that the Browns want to get into a shootout anyway. So I lean towards the under. This is a game, Joe. So many variables. I don't know what to do. The, at, the only unbeaten team here, the Cardinals, at home against the 49ers. Laying five and a half <laughs> points, the total is 50. Look, we don't even know if it's going to be Trey Lance at this point, right? Because suddenly it's come out to be like, oh, it's Ugh. just a bruise for Jimmy. He may play. Gross. Who knows what's going on here? What do you think? <laughs> I think they should play Trey Lance. That's what I think. Yes, uh, of course. That being said, <clears throat> I like the Cardinals in this game. I, I am not impressed by the 49ers this year at all. Just, I'm just not. And the one thing I will say, it's, you know, in this league, especially when you have a quarterback that's locked in, it makes all the difference. And Kyler Murray right now is locked in. Like Kyler Murray is playing the best football he has ever played. And the fact that they surrounded him with similar weapons besides Hopkins make them a lot harder. I was really impressed with Chase Edmonds in that game too. I've never been a big Edmonds guy, but he ran hard in that game last week. I mean, physical hard. And that's not usually like the Chase Edmonds game. It's more like, yeah, let's get him out in space a little bit. You know, let's get him out wide. No, no, no. He was running hard in that game, knocking guys over, and that's that's a new dynamic. And then you add in Connor, who's a physical back in the goal line, the short yard situations. Arizona all of a sudden can beat you in lots of different ways. They still defensively have some hiccups there to clean up. Yeah. But overall, you know, right now, I think Arizona is the real deal. And it's not just because they beat the Rams last week. It's because of the way they've played all year so far. Um, and because the 49ers continue to struggle with the identity who's quarterback who's running back who's this who's that i don't yeah. like that i'm gonna lean towards the cardinals i know it's a big number with the five and a half typically you know i i think that should give people pause i'll yep. say this if trey lance is playing in this game i would take the the points with the 49ers if he is okay. not i would take the cardinals and the points on the other side so you're waiting basically in the end to I make any sort of okay which is gonna stink because this line's gonna change right yeah uh, it, this is stay away from me, man, on all sides, just because, again, there are too many things. And look, you know, one of my favorite bets that I made this year, even though it was disgusting, was the Vikings when they were, I forget how many points they were getting, maybe five and a half or whatever, four and a half against the Cardinals, because I did think that that was a game that you they would stay close. And this strikes me as that type of game, too. And again, I can't bet it here with the 49ers because 
I just don't know who's a quarterback, and I don't know what's going on in that game. I also can't bet the total for now. I don't know, though, how I feel about it. I'm not taking the Cardinals because I do think that the Cardinals, as good as they look at various times, they're going to throw out these games like against the Vikings uh, where they're just not going to be able to put a team away and keep it close. So this is just a stay away for me in a divisional game, but it's one I'm going to be excited to watch. I hope it's Trey Lance. Another one I'm actually going to be excited to watch, which I didn't think I would, even though it's so cool, is the Giants visiting the Cowboys here. The Cowboys are laying seven. The total is 52. Daniel Jones playing the by far the best football he's ever played in his career. Cowboys looking a little bit like the juggernaut that we thought they might be able to look like if everything went right. What do you think here? Cowboys in a smash. Ooh. Smash this game. They Ooh. are. Cowboys are just significantly better personnel-wise than the Giants. Um, I, and I and typically I, I wouldn't do this because typically in-division games get very dicey, especially yeah. old rivalry games. They get very tight, you know. Sure. But I'm... <laughs> in a long conversation again on the IDP show last uh, week, uh, the other defense we talked about was the Cowboys and the difference that Micah Parsons makes that what Diggs yep. is doing right now. Oh. Um, but, but it's, it's really what Parsons is doing because what Parsons does is he just kind of wrecks everything. So even though it's not showing up necessarily in the tackle <laughs> numbers all the time, yep. when you watch him play, he's everywhere in the right place and he's shutting other things down. Cause he's such a, a fast linebacker. It's like when you watch Devin White sometimes too, he's just always in the right place at the right time. And for a young kid to, to have that kind of instincts is just huge. And him and Van Der Esch together right now are playing really well. So for me, I think that's just a lot for Daniel Jones, who has been very mistake prone. They're down two wide receivers. I don't think they're going to get either of them back this week. I don't think Kadarius Tony is enough to kind of make up that deficit necessarily. I think they put a hurting on the Giants. I think this is a statement game for the Cowboys. I think this is going to be a bad scene, and Giant fans are going to feel like, hey, we're going in there with some momentum, and the Cowboys are just going to shut it down. So I know it's seven. I would take the seven right now because I fear it could be nine by the time we get there. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So I do not feel nearly as confident as you do. I Look, very easily, I could see the Cowboys destroying them in this game. And I think that without Shepard and without Slayton, as I expect, again, in this game, I think that's really dicey because I do think that uh, Trayvon Diggs is playing, what, as well as anybody else? Trayvon Diggs has been out of his mind. But once again, it's 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 a complete package. And Dan Quinn's done a very good job of, of kind of rebuilding the confidence of this defensive unit. But yep. at the same time, if you were watching closely last year, again, second half, a lot of people start to tail off towards the last six weeks of football when all of a sudden, you know, fantasy isn't as much of a thing. Right. When Van Der Esch came back healthy, they were not the doormat they were earlier in the year either. They started to pick it up a little bit and those games were a little closer, a little tighter, and they were not embarrassing on defense as they were in the beginning of the season. They were just flat out embarrassing. This year, they are definitely not embarrassing. This year, they are playing better and they're, they're able to get some of the older guys in rotation too, which is good. So they're getting them a little breather, so they're a little fresher in some of these moments of these games too. And that's huge because they have a little bit more depth than they had last year. Also, I just think that the Cowboys are the class of this division right now. And they're just going to put a hurting on the giants. Cause I don't, the giants can't afford to play the way they did last week against new Orleans because Dak Prescott is going to destroy them. If they give the same opportunities to Dak Prescott, that they gave to James Winston and taste right. last week. All right. I'm staying away from it personally, but uh, I like your confidence. Let's confidence. go. This is a game that maybe we don't deserve, but we need <laughs> right now. And that is the Bills visiting the Chiefs on Sunday night football. The Chiefs right now are laying two and a half points. 
the total is 11 billion. Uh, it's 56 and a half, 56 and a half. Like, I don't even know what you do with that. Uh, so, Joe, what do you think? I like the uh, Buffalo Bills plus 120 on the money line just to win this game okay. outright. Yep. That's the best wager of all of these. That's the one I feel the safest about, believe it or not. Uh, Buffalo Bills are playing tremendous. Uh, Josh Allen has something to prove here in this game. And Kansas City, you know, I know they looked so good last week, but that was against the Eagles. And Tyree Hill ran amok and all that stuff. But I got to tell you, there's just something that feels a little off right now with the Chiefs to me. And maybe this is it. Maybe this is the one they've circled and this is the game. It's like, okay, you know, we got to play Buffalo. is a huge game. Maybe they've been looking ahead a little bit to this one. I don't know. I mean, the 56 and a half is a huge number. I would be shocked if it went under. <laughs> still. Yeah. Oh, ditto. Right. Right. Absolutely it's still a right. big number, but it's Correct. like, it kind of feels you like it's going bet the, You can't bet the under, first of no. all. And it just says that defense is so poor. And that's not, that has not been the case in recent years. That's the thing that I feel like we're not talking about enough. Like as good as the Chiefs offense, you know, continues to be like their defense is abysmal. And Part of the reason why they were so good is that their their defense was very bend but don't break in these games. You know, they they had some personnel issues and they had some injuries, obviously, and they, they have had some injuries. But still, that defense is basically a defense that you pick on right now. Josh Allen should go nuts. And it's really about whether or not Mahomes can go nuts against the Bills defense, by the way, which is playing extremely well. And without Poyer for two weeks, who's been hurt. So I don't, I don't know what Poyer's status is yet for this week, but if they get him back to that's a huge piece yeah. in the secondary to return. They, the Look, the Buffalo Bills, you know, were measured last year and they were yep. found lacking a little bit, okay, when it got down to the nitty gritty. But this is usually how it happens, right? Usually you have this team that, you know, starts to feel good about itself, starts to pull itself out of the ashes, and then they run into the juggernaut and they get checked and they go, okay. And now it feels like, you know, you're in a certain point here with the Chiefs where, you know, all the expectations constantly might be weighing on them a little bit. I think Buffalo is the team that comes in here fast and loose and they should. And that's why of all the things, I think your best ROI is that plus 120. Yeah, I mean, I think if you like the Bills, you might as well take them on the money line rather than getting the two and a half points at this point. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. With the points. I would not yeah. screw out the points in this game. All right, Monday Night Football Colts are visiting the Ravens. The Ravens are laying seven points. The total is 47. What do you think? Uh, it's hard not to lean the Ravens in this game for sure uh, with a seven. It would not shock me to see this go to seven and a half or even eight and a half or something by the time we get closer. I think this one's going to grow. I would lock this in now. Uh, Baltimore at home on a Monday night, I would lock this in. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think, uh, who was it? David Koch, maybe from, you know, from a, a great, uh, you know, bookmaker over in uh, in Vegas that we talked about a couple of years ago. And he was always like, you know, John Harbaugh doesn't just want to win. He wants to break your spirit. Um, and I think that that's what you are going to see here. And again, kudos to the Colts. They came out, they played well. But again, went as far from healthy. They're still sort of down, you know, in their receiving core. I, you know, I like Michael Pittman Jr., but I offensively, they're not a team that can really hang. And again, the Ravens, they may get Rashad Bateman back here, which would help. Maybe not or whatever. But. I agree with you, Joe. I would take uh, the uh, the Ravens here, and I'd probably look to lock it in now, just in case it climbs higher than a field goal, because I uh, higher than a touchdown. Pardon me, because I think with a touchdown at least, you you know probably lock in. Hopefully, at worst case, a push. Joey, that's it. That's all the games. Thank you so much for uh, popping on with me today. I appreciate it's it. It's always a pleasure. I love spending quality time with my good friend Dan Harris. 
So we'll be back on Thursday, as we always are, talking about our three best bets, or at least my three best bets, our guest's three best bets. In the meantime, uh, enjoy a couple days off here from football betting. We'll talk to you again in a couple days. 